You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. This program may contain adult themes and nudity, and you can never go wrong with that. Speaking of always being right, views expressed on this program are those of life-experienced mechanics. Continued listening may cause addiction, and in rare cases, a rash. Discretion is advised. A mechanic tries to fix your car, no matter if you're near or far. He'll change your oil or fix your flat. And you do it just like that. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, hit it. We were trying to get them to say Yahoo, but it didn't work out. Hello, everybody, and welcome. It's Dave's Corner Garage, and of course, we're all depressed around here because it's Saturday morning, and we don't know what to do with ourselves. We know exactly what to do with ourselves. <laughs> Joining us today in studio is Terry Oki from Omvic, and we've got really interesting news to talk about and a couple of emails that we received during the week, we're going to talk about those. Mm-hmm. The collector car auction is on today at the airport, and uh, we're going to have our, you know, our policy around here is no expenses bared. So uh, Jeff Coy will be our reporter this time from Land Insurance, and mm-hmm. Jeff's going to be talking about some of the stuff they're selling down there. I saw a really neat 60 Cadillac in white. Mm-hmm. My dad used to have one of those. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So I said to my wife, can I buy that car? She says, that car is the driveway. <laughs> That's it. That you would take the, the entire driveway. Yeah. The entire driveway. The car is like twenty feet long, and so is my driveway. But you sit. You could put your smarty car in the trunk. I loaned it to my daughter <laughs> to get it off my hands. <laughs> Anyways, we're gonna have a great show. Uh, we're gonna come back. We're gonna talk to Terry about two dealerships they closed. One in the Sioux, one in the North Bay. And what does it mean if a dealership is closed? Uh, I don't know, and I'm in the industry for years. And we're going to be taking your calls. The phone lines are flashing. Remember to call in. We'll take your mechanical questions. Alan is just chomping at the wrench to answer. <laughs> so can Nobody you, ever talks to him. So if you buy a guy a, a bad car from him, can you sue the guy from the Sioux? I don't know. We'll have to find out. And how do you spell Sue? And what if her name is Sue? <laughs> there you go. We're going to sue, sue, and sue. We'll be right back. It's Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back after this message. Alrighty, we're back, and if you're holding on or, or trying to get through, please just wait a second. We only have one operator today, and that's Nathaniel. Nathaniel, He's doing a great job. behind the board. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Dave, so, by the way, we, oh, we only ever have one operator. I know, but he's new. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a new boy, but he's full a new of boy energy, town. and he's got it all down pat. Okay, we're going to take the phone call first because this fella is calling from a cell phone. We've got Greg, uh, Craig and Barry who's calling in. Craig, what can we do for you? Hi, I, I've got a 2006 a Honda Civic that uh, my son just picked up. It's his first car. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the airbag light is on. I yes. took it to uh, a Honda dealership to get it narrowed down. They did an airbag recall on it. 
the uh, the airbag light was still on. Correct. And they said they said uh, the car was possibly in an accident or nothing, but there's no uh, history of the thing in an accident. But they want to replace every single seatbelt throughout the whole car. Yeah. Well, what you need is a second opinion. First yeah. of all, okay, because uh, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised, number one, that they actually did the recall because in a lot of cases, if the light is on and, and they do a diagnostic and they know that the, because the recall really is only about the squib or, or the, the inflation device. It has nothing to do with the rest of the system. And a lot of times yeah. they won't do it because, in fact, when the light's on like that, the airbag system is probably not going to work anyways. Um, right. Honda has a big problem with, with the switches inside the seatbelt. The computer for the airbags needs to know if the occupants have their belts on or not. Very simple. And the right. switch, unfortunately, in the driver's belt fails. So right. if now, the light has flickered. We took it out for a drive last night. The light has flickered about three times mm -hmm. within half an hour. Well, again, um, what? So, I, I, if you don't, I, to, to change every seatbelt was kind of stupid. I think yeah, that, I think so, that was yeah. right overboard. I would get a second opinion. You're probably looking at the driver's seatbelt only. Um, depending on which model it is, it's either the 200 belt or or the 400 belt um, because one has yeah. the retractor in it. Try and clean it first before you go in. Um, uh, so, it, is it? Yeah. Can you? Sorry. Can you? Uh, uh, is it held together in two pieces? No. Like with with screws, or it, is it molded as one piece? No, it's molded know? as one piece, but um, what you can do is just get a little air blower. Do you have one of those cans of compressed air? Uh, uh, I've got a big compressed, like big compressor. <laughs> well, you don't want to blow it up. You just want to sort of blow on it, you know. So yeah. um, give it a, cu a couple sprays with the air and then put the seatbelt in and out and see because you, you may get that switch working again. I, I tried it on my own, but the, the bad news is because I'm just as cheap as everybody else, um, down the road you're probably going to have to change that belt. Yeah. All righty, yeah. good luck. Oh, okay, thank you very much. You're, you're very welcome. Well. Thanks for calling. By the way, the airbag manufacturer Takata mm -hmm. has declared bankruptcy finally. They just can't keep up with the problems that they've done. And the reality is the manufacturers are basically on the hook. Mm -hmm. So they found a buyer in Japan, sorry, sorry, in China, to take this thing over mm -hmm. and produce airbags. So there will be only one supplier of airbags and seatbelts, and that will come out of China. Am I supposed to feel more confident about that? Uh, I don't know. iPhones come out of China, and they're pretty decent. That's true. So I got an email the other day uh -huh. uh, about suspended dealerships. Now, one of them we heard before, which was Personal Touch Auto in Saint in the Sioux. Well, well, hang on. Let's reintroduce Mr. Terry O'Keefe, who's made well, a special say. trip in today. <laughs> so, Terry, thanks for coming down. <laughs> Always a pleasure, guys. All righty. And as I said before, be so rudely interrupted. I pardon uh, me. DNL Auto Brokers is another one that Omvic uh, closed up. So, my question is: If a dealer is closed up, <laughs> how is the consumer supposed to know? And what does you mean? Do you actually close them up? Do you, do you lock the doors and take the key, or? Yeah, so we uh, this week we issued the immediate suspension order, which is exactly what you're talking about, to DL Auto Brokers in North Bay. And uh, a couple months ago, it was Personal Touch Auto in the Sioux. And what that means, every dealer in this province, every salesperson in this province mm -hmm. has a license. They're registered with OMVIC. So in these instances, uh, with DL Auto Brokers in North Bay, we suspended the license immediately. It's only the third time OMVIC has ever used this authority. Wow. And we only use that authority when we believe that there is imminent consumer harm. And what that means is that it is now illegal for that dealer to buy, sell, lease, or consign vehicles. They won't be able to transfer vehicles into customers' names. And, uh, 
you know, do we have, you know, investigators sitting outside the dealership making sure that no one goes in? No, we don't have those resources, obviously. So what we do is we issue news release. We, we uh, target that specific geolocation uh, with uh, information to journalists. And we take out ads in the local newspapers to make consumers aware and we issued the bulletin that you're referring yes, to, right. Dave, that would have come to all dealers, making sure that dealers are aware that this particular dealership is now suspended. And until that matter is dealt with, do not trade with that dealer. So well, you know what? I mean, but they're doing some bad stuff, right? Well, and, obviously, yeah. And real bad stuff. Um, do you have to wait for them to get charged? Uh, in this instance, we didn't lay charges because what we, what we have done instead is said, we just want this dealer out of the industry. And so along with the immediate suspension order, we issued a what's called a proposal to revoke. I know this sounds really, really technical, mm. uh, but it's the way our legislation Would is Would you mind leaving? <laughs> yes. So what we've said is that, you know, you are effective immediately, shut down. Now, there is an appeal period. They get 15 days. They can file an appeal. And if they do, there will be an immediate hearing. But they're, they're shut down. And we've also said we want you out of the industry. And here's our proposal to revoke your license. Wow. Serious stuff. Serious stuff. So we'll come, when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about how the consumer can figure out. You know what? They, they should get big, them blow-up guys, you know? <laughs> like, they could do one of Terry and some, some other guy. And, you know, just saying, don't buy a car here. No, but don't buy a car here. We should here. be talking about how does a consumer know that this guy will shut down? Well, we will right? tell you. We don't know about that until we come back. We'll find that out. This and is Dave's Corner Garage. You got a car care question or anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. I Give started out with nothing, and I still have most of it. <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. Garage will be. Alrighty, we're back. We didn't go anywhere. We just sat there quietly and uh, looked at each other. Good thing the mics were off, eh? <laughs> so the question we had from uh, Terry Adomvik was: How does a consumer know when he walks in that car lot mm-hmm. that this dealership has been closed? Uh, well, the first thing that you might want to do is go on Omvik's website. Mm-hmm. Top right corner of every web page, it says, find a dealer. You can conduct a search of that dealership's name. It's all, it's live, it's real time, and it will tell you if the dealership is registered. It will tell you if the salesperson that you're dealing with is registered. It will tell you if they've been charged. It will tell you if a proposal has been issued to revoke or suspend their license. Uh, and it will tell you if there is an immediate suspension order. And it will tell you if the dealer has ever been disciplined. This is all great information that every consumer should look for before they actually go to the dealership. So, do they, you know, what happens is they walk on the lot and, and they get starry-eyed. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember because we were in the new car business, we worked like hell to have a great service department. And the guy down the road was terrible. But he sold as many cars as we did because people don't investigate. They just sort of get starry-eyed and then it's like, uh, i got to have that car. They got, they got free hot dogs. <laughs> it, it is so true. Buying a car, even for me, and I've been doing this for a long time, is an emotional yes. experience. Yeah, and you can really get caught up in that emotion. So it's really important that you do take that step back and do the things that you need to do to protect yourself. Pick the right dealer. Not just don't pick just the right car. Pick the right dealer. And if, you know, there's also some warning signs after you've purchased the car that you should be aware of. If you traded a car in and the dealer was supposed to remove the lien on that trade-in, and a payment comes out of your bank account, yeah, yeah. which is what was happening with both the dealers we've been talking about. They weren't removing liens, mm-hmm. uh, allegedly, for yes. in one case. The other one is confirmed, uh, you know from trade-ins and selling vehicles with liens. So if if payments keep coming out of your bank account for your trade-in, or the dealer says to you, listen, instead of paying off that lien, I'm going to make your monthly payments for you, run. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Run and please report them to Omvi because that's a warning sign that this dealer has real serious financial issues, and that's going to put that consumer at harm and future consumers well, at harm. The guy that just called with the airbag, mm-hmm. he mentioned he says the dealership told him there wasn't an accident, but he sort of sloughed it off like, who cares, right? <laughs> but the reality is that's a serious issue. The value of the car is really depressed because of an accident, and how many other issues are? How many accidents can a car actually have? Right. So, but he didn't really care. So, is that a lack of of, of somebody who sold to him doing their due diligence? Uh, potentially. Yeah. And and it's important that a consumer know that dealers are required to inform the consumer in writing on yeah. the bill of sale if a vehicle has been involved in a collision that resulted in more than three thousand dollars damage. Right. Right. And that's something I always thought of was the guy who repaired the vehicle. How good did he repair it? And can it actually react the same way in the second accident? Yeah. And and another thing, it doesn't happen often, but if you bought a car at a dealership and they said, uh, we're gonna put a dealer plate on a car on this on a dealer yeah. plate on this car for you to drive. Well, that means the car wasn't transferred into your name. That that uh, Oh, you should, mean like that, for a long time? Not just to go around the block. You're yeah, talking. For, yeah, no, we're not I'm not about test drives. <laughs> you go to take delivery of your car and there's no plates on it. Instead they put a dealer plate on it and say, Yeah, we'll get it come back in two or three weeks, we'll get this addressed. Yeah. That's that wow. means that that dealer wasn't able to transfer the vehicle into Terry, your car. Terry, our paperwork has been delayed at the border. You know yeah. That. yeah, and so that that is a that is a huge warning <laughs> sign, it, uh, and it could mean that the dealer has lost their privileges to transfer the vehicle into their into cons- customers' names, yeah. which could mean that they have been suspended by OMVIC. All right, so it's O-M-V-I-C dot C-A. C-A. There yeah. you go. Okay. Check it and out We'll talk beforehand. more about some other stuff. Let's say hello to this uh, Ken. Hey, oh, yeah, Ken. Ken's calling. He's driving a Mercedes, which is a nice car. You got a problem with yours? What's going on? <laughs> Well, I bought this vehicle. It didn't have a a, a, work, a, a manual with it. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that you're supposed to use premium gas. Mm-hmm. Okay. I put regular gas in it. Mm-hmm. I'm on my second tank. It's a 2006. I bought it used, super condition. Mm-hmm. And I'm on my second tank of regular gas, and the check engine light has come on. I'm just wondering, is that possibly the cause of the gas? There is a there is a slight possibility, but um, what I would do is the car seems to be operating fine. You don't feel any difference in how it's running. No. Okay. Um, no, I took it in for an oil change into a regular service station. They checked the code, and the code was a code sixty, which means check the camshaft. Okay. I well, I don't have the code in front of me, so I, it's hard for me to tell you. But th- that would have nothing to do with the gasoline you're using. Okay. So I can run this car and run out the gas and then <laughs> start using premium. Yeah, by all means. Or, you know, when you get to a half a tank, if you're concerned about it, go ahead and fill it, fill it up at that point with super. You let know, me, let gonna... me fill you in on the technical stuff. If it runs on regular gas and it senses a knock, in other words, the gasoline is exploding before the piston hits the top of the uh, stroke, it's called a ping. Yep. And there's a device inside the engine that hears that ping and retards the timing so it doesn't ping. All right. So in effect, what happens is you don't have as much power coming out of the engine as you would as you would be running it super. Okay, that's the only thing that you can be doing wrong. Ken, how many miles in that car? Uh, Ninety-seven thousand. Oh, that's yeah. not very much at all. Yeah. Like no, I say, I, I wouldn't necessarily worry about it. When you get down to half a tank, go ahead and put some yeah. in. And the camshaft issue—that's interesting. That's more likely a sensor that's acting up. Probably not a camshaft. But don't worry. Be happy. We're happy. Hey, you made me happy. <laughs> All right, Ken, have yourself a great weekend, and thanks for calling in. Thank you. All okay, right, take care. Bye-bye. 
Interesting, eh? Um, running a supercar. You had that well, you property. Got, well, your wife's driving a fancy car like that. What kind of gas you put in? Whatever is cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been running with the light on for years. <laughs> but uh, the caddy runs on regular. Well, super. No, oh. that's the small no. part. <laughs> Premium. <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> What's on second? This is Dave's Corner Garage. Got a car care question? Give us a call right now. All righty, it's Dave's Corner Garage, and welcome back. I'm Dave Redinger with Alan Gelman and Terry O'Keefe from Omvik. Not related to the O'Keefe family, is it, Alan? I wish. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> We'd be drinking beer all yeah. the time. Yeah. I still remember what was called the O'Keefe Center. That's that's right. right? I still call it that. Now, I, I don't know what it is now. No, I think it was then the Hummingbird, and then it was the Sony, yeah. and I, I don't know what it is now. It's just the place on... Uh, <laughs> so we have Daniela on the All phone. Right, yeah, we were talking about expensive German cars before, and Daniela is... Are you thinking about buying an Audi? Is that it? I No, I'll tell you I wasn't, but good morning, everybody, by All the right. way. It's okay. so good, good morning. Speaking to you. And if I, I don't sound lucid, I haven't had a coffee yet. I drag myself out to be on the radio show. I have to tell you about coffee when you we still when we finish this conversation. Did you get dressed or put makeup on? I need to know. I mean, seriously, you, you, you don't want to know. <laughs> well, you know we have cameras here, eh? It's a morning show. <laughs> All right, I want to say I've been searching for cars online, and I just happened to be on Facebook in a number of groups. So what we have now is curbsiders and various people who identify themselves as sellers selling on online. Uh, and I came across, well, this was actually through Auto Trader. Beautiful, beautiful Audi. Uh, 2006 or 2004. Mm-hmm. Too good to be true. Low kilometers, uh, panoramic roof. Everything was great about it, and I'm wondering what's wrong with the car. So what I, I read down as I scrolled down was that it says rebuilt on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So please tell me about the rebuild. Is this parts a chop shop that kind of put everything back together again? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, what that, what that means, Daniela, is that this vehicle uh, was written off by an insurance company. That uh, I understood, yeah. So, yeah. And okay. when that happens, Ontario has a branding system. Right. And there's four brands. A vehicle that has never been involved in a collision is branded as none. Okay. Uh, a vehicle that is involved in a collision and is then written off by the insurance company will have a brand. It could have two different brands, one called irreparable or irreparable. That means that car can never go on the road again. It's only uh, good to be sold for parts. Or it can be branded as salvage. Okay. okay. Yes, I understand that. Now, a salvage vehicle can't be driven, but what that vehicle can be is it can be repaired. Once it has been repaired, it has to undergo two inspections, a mechanical uh, structural inspection and a regular mechanical safety inspection. When it passes those two inspections, it is then branded as rebuilt and it can be licensed again. Uh, that obviously dramatically affects the vehicle's value. And you, you know, if anyone is considered, hey, some rebuilt vehicles are going to be okay, but before you consider purchasing a vehicle that is branded rebuilt, you want to make sure that you take it to a very competent mechanic and make sure you get that vehicle inspected. And it's something I'd like to add to here is sure. that that's an aluminum car. There's only uh, sh- certain shops in the city that can repair that car. Oh, God. All right. Uh, All right. Jaguar is an aluminum car. Ford F-150 is aluminum. And Audis are aluminum. So, Sorry, uh, that is an Audi, actually, yeah. now that uh, I recall. It's an Audi. It's so. an Audi. So a specialist has to be able to weld that aluminum. It has to go on special frame machines to make sure it's straight. So what I'm trying to tell you is walk away. 
Okay. No, right. I hear you. It's uh, I can hear a lot of dollars going out. I'm the one that's been calling you on the Cadillac Atera for a long time. Oh, okay, okay. That's sitting now in, it's got the, the electrical problem, so it's now just sitting on four deflated tires. And you know, it was a terrible car when it was new. <laughs> you know what, for $4,700, it owes me nothing. Yes, it's true. But you feel quite nothing. deflated at this point, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the car, uh, the car is too. <laughs> don't buy the Audi, you'll be totally deflated. Okay. Okay. So what you should be looking for is, is actually a car that has, it's clean, Right. right. Don't be afraid of mileage because people really do drive the highways an awful lot, you know, commuting and stuff like that. No, okay, that was one of my concerns. When I see it 189, 190, I walk away. Anything over 150, I begin to be uncomfortable yeah, with. Yeah, okay. That's... Well, it goes part and parcel with the price. I mean, that, that, that is part well, of it. Well, yes. I'm looking for cheap, uh, uh, you know, a runabout, literally, to do grocery shopping. Then I would be looking at either a Korean car being Hyundai and Kia or a Japanese cars, right, the Nissans, the Hondas, the Toyotas. They're reliable. They're well-built. The Mazda is another one. That, so, that they, they have great histories of, of running forever, all right? And yeah. they're easy and, and, and inexpensive to repair. All right. I'm glad you said that because I wanted to walk away from a Kia. I just somehow wasn't enthralled with the idea of a Kia. But, you know, I said you can see the logo from the space station. Um, <laughs> they well, were... Danielle, the most important thing is no matter which car you buy here is to take it to your own mechanic to have it checked prior to you paying for it, okay? Yeah, I have problems with finding reputable ones. I'm sorry to say that. For Mechanics me or uh, car, car sellers? Or both? Right. Yeah. All right. And, and I'm sorry, I don't want to, uh, because I have you there, Terry, I just want to say the, the new way of doing business for the, some of these guys is online through Facebook now, mm-hmm. where they will say, and for 495 that's their administrative fee that they're not allowed to charge. And if you want it certified knee tested, that's another 695 I keep reminding them in the all-in pricing for Ontario and that that is what OMBEC, and I said, I will notify OMBEC. They're still operating. This is the new way of operating now is through social media. Yeah, and it, it, that's a very good point, Danielle. Uh, and it's the advertising regulations mm-hmm. apply to all mediums, whether it's a newspaper ad, a radio ad, or social media. Um, but there is one caveat to all-in pricing. It is possible for a dealer to include ad, to advertise a price that doesn't include safety and e-test, but the ad has to very clearly state uh, that the vehicle is being sold um, uh, with, without a safety and e-test, and that is available for, and it states the price. Uh, but that price can only be for the safety and e-test. It can't be plus an administration fee on top of that. That is yeah, totally illegal. Thing. They have uh, admin fee and licensee, and I hear the music. You're trying to drown me out. No, no, no. Yeah, no. no we're not. we got to pay some bills, Daniela. We do appreciate you calling goes. in. Hang on one second. Thank you all so very, very much, and have a great weekend. Thank you for all your help. You're Thanks, very welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. What were you saying? How many people on Kijiji were curbsiders? How many percentage? Yeah, uh, a quarter of the online ads in Ontario that appear to be a private for sale yes. is actually placed by a curbsider, which is an illegal, unlicensed dealer. And there's a couple, in, one in Sioux and one in North Bay. All right, we got to pull over to the side of the curb right now and take a break. This is yeah. Dave's Corner Garage. Jeff is on the phone. we got a hold of him finally. Finally. Yes. We'll, we'll get to him right after this break. Hey, we're back, and we're as our policy is of not spending any money on anything. Uh, we have our reporter at the Classic Car Auction you here. You promised me lunch. What happened about that? You missed it. <laughs> or did I have to buy? <laughs> uh, Jeff 
I will say Jeff Lant. Jeff Coy is Jeff on Coy the phone. from Lant Insurance. Exactly. Jeff, how are you? Good. How are you doing, guys? Great. So you're at the auto auction. Yeah. 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 It looks pretty good here. we got about, about a thousand people wandering around, and uh, I think there's about 134 cars up for auction. Have it started yet? Or do, what do they do? They do, like, memorabilia first, and then they do yeah, the cars. Yeah, they're doing the memorabilia right now. Mm-hmm. And that should be done, I think, uh, by 11, and then they'll start the cars. Fascinating. And you're there supplying information on Lant Insurance, which uh, I Specialty guess those are the cars that you're, yeah, that you're covering, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're one of the lead sponsors here at the auction. And uh, yeah, we're, we're just uh, promoting our classic car insurance and talking to our customers. Now, you got a contest. You didn't tell me that till this morning. We have a yeah. contest to uh, the Barrett-Jackson auction in Las Vegas. Yes. Trip for two, airfare, hotel, auction passes. And five hundred dollars spending money, U.S. That's going to buy oh, you coffee, yeah. I think. <laughs> Provided you don't go you to Starbucks. You might get out of the airport. Don't go to Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be one coffee. You know. I'll get you a Starbucks on the way to the airport. But, uh, That's exactly right. Yeah, no, it's pretty exciting. It's called a refer a friend. So uh, for clients that uh, you know refer someone into our for a quote, they don't have to get a policy, no obligation, just for a quote, and they'll be automatically entered into the contest. And uh, then the person that uh, was referred, they're automatically entered into a, a contest for a $100 gas card each month. Excellent, excellent. And, then if, and if they refer a friend, then they're entered in the Barrett-Jackson contest. So it just keeps going. So this goal, how do they enter? They go to your website? You can go to the website, pick up the phone, call in. All right, so what is your website? website is lantinsurance.ca. Now, one thing I did want to talk about, when you do go to your website, you have a thing called Classic Car Events. Yeah. And in there is the most prolific amount of cruises, auctions, yeah. events. <laughs> you guys really do your homework. Yes, we do. Yeah, it's one of our most visited pages on our website. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we've seen that the, you know, the people out there really value it. So we, we do a lot of work in the spring uh, getting that list together and, and, and verifying it, you know, as close as we can as to the events and when they are. So it's uh, well, it's, a, it's a great place to go if you're looking for uh, where the nearest cruise is. I'm looking at this thing here, and today there's, there's, there's 10 events going on today alone. Tomorrow there's over 12 events going on uh, alone, like the Dundalk Automotive Auction, the Grand Bend Cruise. There's, there's all this stuff going on throughout Ontario, and it's, yeah. it's fascinating that you guys have got all this information and it's available to the public so easily. Yeah, we just, you know, we're, we're there just for, not just for uh, classic car insurance, but we want to be a resource, too, to the hobby, and we support the hobby in many ways. Uh, those events, um, you say 10, you know, there'll be 10 to 20 a weekend from now until the end of September. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that really is fascinating. We're yeah. right at the height of the season, and uh, it's a great time to, uh, to go check out one of these cruises or car shows. Now, one of the questions I had, uh, you're affiliated with the Haggerty Insurance in the States, right? Yes, we are. So yeah. we so, sell their product, Haggerty Classic Car Insurance. We're a broker, but we sell their the product we're selling is Haggerty Classic Car Insurance. And it's significantly less than than owning a regular car. It is. It's about forty to sixty percent less than your regular car insurance. So the restrictions are what that you can't drive it every day. No, it's good. Good question. Uh, no, it's not that you can't drive it every day. We just don't want it to be used as your daily vehicle. So you can enjoy your car every day if you want, as long as you're not driving it to work. But if you're, you know, you're retired and you want to just putter around and go see friends and hang out and pick up uh, some parts for your car or, you know, stop in, have an ice cream, 
just enjoy the car. But, but just uh, don't call me that you were in a 12-car pileup on the Don Valley Parkway uh, at, 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 at 5.30 in the afternoon. Right. Yeah, well, I have this policy. <laughs> yeah. I never drive further than my car can tow me home. Yeah. <laughs> so I can go 225 kilometers out because that's how much they'll tow me back. All right, Jeff, thanks for calling in with that. Great great insurance, uh, some great prices, uh, lantinsurance.com. And we're at the Collector Car Auction, and they're down there. They have a booth. Come and say hello. Actually, I'm going to try to get up there. Yep. There's a white Cadillac I got my eye on. Okay. So keep an eye on it. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Oh, yeah? Good place. Don't put your hand up, though. (laughs) Okay. All right, Jeff, have a great weekend. Thanks for calling. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Take care. (laughs) All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. we got a couple lines open, but uh, who's on the line, Dave? Uh, premium film with John from North York is one. Okay. Uh, Frank with an insurance question, and we got another question about as is buying a used car. All right. We'll be back with answers to those questions and we'll- right after this break. <laughs> All righty, we're back. <laughs> what, 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 what. <laughs> All right, we're going to go back to our callers. We've got John in North York. He's got something to add about premium fuel. John? Hi there. I just uh, caught the tail end of the year uh, premium fuel just a few minutes ago. And yep. I, I may be duplicating what's already been talked about. But go ahead. Give us a shot. But I have been uh, experimenting with premium fuel or not premium fuel for years and years and years and years. And what kind of cars, though? Like cars that are supposed to have it or cars that are not supposed to have not it? Not supposed to have it. Okay. And what did you find? And my observations, personal observations, and keeping records have been uh, premium fuel gives considerably more gas mileage than yep, regular Yep. You're fuel. absolutely right. Really? Yeah. In, in, a reg- in a car that calls for regular gas? Yes. Really? And, uh, my understanding from doing research online is that there's more energy, say, in an ounce of premium fuel than in an ounce of non-premium fuel. It's something like rye and water. If you have, you know, pour yourself a glass of rye and you go, ooh, boy, that's really good. And then you add water to it and you go, ooh, you know, it's not as good. So I think the engine reacts kind of the same way. It waters um, down. The- it has to do with the timing. It allows the engine to actually advance to its full timing capacity and enrich in the mixture because it's not knocking. Okay. All right? So, But you're absolutely correct. And Alan even knows that because he had a Nissan. When he ran it on regular, it ran like terrible. And when he ran it on Subaru, it ran perfect. Oh, exactly. You, why didn't you say that? Well, <laughs> I'm letting you do all the talking. Okay. But I, you're I, absolutely correct. It does. And sometimes, um, well, I have to tell you, I have an, an old Ferrari. When I run it on Super, it gets like 500-something horsepower and pops and bangs and pulls. But I run it on regular, it's really really subdued and quiet. It's the kind of car you can drive around the city. More important, what kind of ride do you normally drink, John? I don't want to tell you. <laughs> well, I did a, I did a, uh, you know, a, a, a scientific survey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyways, got to run, John. Thanks for calling so, in. I have one more question. Sure. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Quick. The shell non-ethanol. Mm-hmm. Is there any other fuels that you know of that have non-ethanol or shell? The no, only one. It's the only one I know. Shell, pre- shell premium. Okay. Yeah, and that's the what you use in your lawnmowers and stuff because the ethanol eats all the rubber huh. in the in the on the lines and in the in the uh, carburetor, the little floats and stuff like that fall apart. Huh. Huh. Right. So yeah, Shell Super is the only one without ethanol. 
All right, John, have yourself a good one. Yeah, thank people, you, bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. People didn't know that. That's why we went to stainless steel fuel lines and all that special exotic stuff. I didn't So when you have an E85 either. car, mm-hmm. you're a mechanic. You're supposed to know that. Uh, pay attention. All right, listen, the shell has bubbles, nitrogen bubbles. <laughs> I got bubbles, too, but uh, pull my finger. Craig in Oakville's got a Honda. What can we do for you, Craig? Hi. Uh, I'd like to know where the Vintag is located on a 1.8-liter Honda Civic motor. Well, Vintag is normally on the car, not the motor. Are you talking um, about where the serial number is actually the motor? punched in? Well, I know supposedly there is a, a Vintag on the motor. Yes, there is. There is. Do you it's, know the location of that? Yeah, I it's, it's on the housing where it connects up to the transmission. Uh, you usually can look straight down on the hood, and it'll be stamped into this sort of flat portion that they ground out out of the uh, uh, block. So what's on that? Is that the car serial number? No, that's the serial that's number of the, the engine. engine serial yeah, number. Yeah, engine well, serial number. Yeah, there is a white sticker with uh, uh, letters printed on it, mm-hmm. letters and numbers, but I can't see any, uh, any vi- literally uh, any uh, stamped or embossed. Should be, yeah, there should be. Well, I don't know. what. The, how old is this car? 2006. No, it should be there. It should be uh, stamped right next to the, where the transmission bolts to the engine. Okay, yeah, and I did try, uh, it, it's the same color, I did try uh, lots of compressed air and uh, some contact cleaner, and I tried the buckle in and out, in and out, several times. I even tried the passenger bus buckle into the driver's buckle, still no uh, luck with the uh, airbag light. Well, like I said before, you know, a lot of times, you, you know, even after you've tried that, you still have to get it fixed, so... Looks like yeah. you got to get a new belt. Craig, thanks for calling in. Okay, thank you. You're very okay, welcome. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Uh, interesting. Uh, usually the records are kept by the manufacturer. So, you know when they say it's uh, original car, engine, everything else? Uh, you mean numbers like matching, matching numbers? Yeah. yeah. Okay. If it's a collector car, they really care about numbers matching. Mm-hmm. But, but in a private car, just for use on the road, pfft, doesn't really matter. <laughs> right? doesn't really matter. So I have a question for Terry, which uh, I had an email a couple of weeks ago. Was, so you have to phone in and wait your turn. Yeah. Oh, hello. Is it, hello. Am I oh, on the air? On the air? <laughs> uh, How can we help you, Dave? This gal phoned in and said she bought a car from a dealership as is. Yes. And when she went to get it certified, there was other issues with the car. And she went back to the dealer and says, well, I'm sorry, ma'am, but I sold it to you as is, mm-hmm. which means it's your car. So she's wondering, does she have any legal recourse anywhere? Possibly. Just because a dealer sold a vehicle as is does not mean the dealer doesn't have to make all the required disclosures. Uh-huh. So if that vehicle required repair to the engine or the transmission, that's a required disclosure, even if the vehicle is being sold as is. Okay, so here's here's your Porsche lady, but it needs a motor. We think there's something wrong with the motor. We don't know what it is. Yeah, or if the vehicle was involved in a collision. Yeah. That just because the vehicle is being sold as is doesn't does not mean that the dealer doesn't have to uh, disclose it. Now, the, but there is something consumers should know. In 2010, the law was changed, and the definition of as-is was made very, very uh, firm. And, it, and consumers should know, if you're buying a car as-is, this is what it means. The vehicle is sold, is not represented as being in roadworthy condition, mechanically sound, or maintained at any guaranteed level of quality. The vehicle may not be fit for use as means of transportation and may require substantial repairs at the buyer's expense. Mm. It may not be possible to register the vehicle to be driven in its current condition. If the vehicle was sold as is, that needed to be written on the bill of sale, and she needed to initial it. Well, I declare we got to take a break. Okay, we'll be right back.
All righty, this is our last break. It means that uh, we can't take any more calls, but... We, what Terry wants to clear up, we were talking about buying cars as is. And so you said you can buy a car as is, but but all risks are... It's your, your, it's your responsibility. Yeah, that disclosure that must be written on the bill of sale makes it very clear that, you know, there could be potential problems with this, mm-hmm. this car. But that doesn't mean that the dealer doesn't have to make the required disclosures. It, it, it's not a... So know, long as they tell you, it's all okay. That's right. But there's a, there's a caveat there's that goes a but, with there's this. There's a big but here. If you buy a vehicle as is, mm-hmm. the dealer cannot provide a safety standard certificate. That changed in 2010 because okay. you're, that that clause is saying the vehicle's not not roadworthy. Mm-hmm. So it would be wrong for the dealer to tell you the car is not roadworthy and then give you a safety standard certificate. So who buys as is? A mechanic would buy as is. Or? A, a lot of consumers will buy the vehicle as is. It's prior to 2010 when all the regulations changed. It was really really common a dealer would sell a vehicle as is and provide a safety certificate. Because as is wasn't defined. As is really just for many consumers, it meant there's no warranty. Well, for example, I mean, let's say the car was safe to, to go on the road, mm-hmm. right? But the air conditioning didn't work. And the guy said, look it, I'll sell it to you as is certified. Mm-hmm. However, don't ask me about the air conditioner. Certainly don't come back to me with that. Right. So that, I mean, the, I, again, if it was disclosed. And that's how it used to be prior right, to 2010. Right. You can't do that Today, anymore. No, so the, the dealer can sell the vehicle uh Without the air conditioning working, and mm-hmm. that should be disclosed on the bill of sale. Uh, okay. And then they can provide the safety certificate. So that way the dealer doesn't have to worry about the consumer coming back about the air conditioning. It's disclosed right here. The AC is not working, mm-hmm. uh, and they can provide the safety. But today, if that if the dealer chooses to sell the vehicle as is, they cannot provide a safety standard has certificate. Has this, all this legislation driven the price of vehicles higher? No, I don't believe it has. No. I, no, I mean, you could, a dealer might, might disagree, but I, I don't think it has. And even, well, I, I look to Alan as the mechanic, the new safety standards certificates. Are, mm-hmm. uh, are you seeing the cost of safeties go up? I'm, I'm curious to know, actually. Well, the, the cost of the actual inspection, yes, has gone up because it, it requires more time to do it. But the repairs that are coming out of that, the, that new safety? No, at this point, really haven't seen a whole lot. Yeah. No. See, because I remember when emissions came out, uh, the older cars fell off the, the, the grid, mm. and, and people who are living at the edge were saying, hey, it's unfair to us because we can't afford to drive a car anymore because to get a decent car with it meets emissions, they're so expensive. Well, no, and we thought about that because, for example, you know, you just talk about, talk about leaks, okay? Yeah. If you had an old beater and, and it dripped oil or power steering fluid, um, you could sort of pass it, you know, but now there are specific laws or rules that say, is it a level one drip? Is it a level two drip? Right? Oh, absolutely. Um, so you would have thought that, you know, it, it would lead you to do more repairs. But I think as you're saying, you know, those old beaters really aren't around much anymore. No, they're all gone. I mean, and you notice when an old car passes you, the smell, this makes your eyes water. And I, we used to live in that. It was, it was normal for us. It's like going to a hotel room where there are smokers, right? <laughs> All hotel rooms right now like basically smoke-free, but you walk into one where they allow smoking, and, and we were in one, and then the wife says, I can't stay here. It just makes me sick. Mm. So, yeah. So the prices haven't right, risen because of? No, I, I don't think so. Um, we do see, uh, to Danielle's call earlier, some dealers that want to advertise all their vehicles unfit. Mm-hmm. That's different from as is. Unfit just means it doesn't come with a safety. It's, it doesn't mean it's not roadworthy. It just means you can't take it and put it on the road until it passes a safety. So we do see some dealers choosing to advertise their vehicles unfit, and the ad will state the price plus this much for safety and yes. e-test. 
which is which is perfectly legal, although it is problematic when we see it's a one-year-old car with 8,000 kilometers on it. We knew that this is really just a way to try and get around the all-in price advertising That's regulations. Right, yeah. um, but no, I mean, the vehicles that are genuinely being sold as is are ones that, you know, that's, they, they come with no representations uh, other than the, the disclosures the dealer has to be so made. So for the most part, as long as the transparency is there, you guys are happy. That's right. Okay. That's right. Now, we're, the, we're pretty well regulated here, but there are provinces in Canada that are not regulated. Um, Nova Scotia. Yeah, the e- Eastern Canada has has very. They do not have the robust uh, consumer protection yes. legislation for for car purchasers that that Ontario has. Is it because of lack of population or lack of of, of uh, incomes? Like they're, they're they're not as wealthy as as, as Ontarians. Uh, I don't I don't know that that's it's just the way the governments there have yeah. have chosen have chosen to go. Yeah, because we were down there, and like we were saying, it's the Wild East. It really is. I mean, there's no safety checks, no mission tests, no nothing. Yeah, but you know what, Dave, yourself, that that there are guys here, certainly in the in the past, who would sign certificates without even looking at cars, right? Yeah, but then there's cases where they were brought into court for criminal negligence and manslaughter. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, that's, those are the cases you never time, hear about. But at the same time, as much as people think a safety is a warranty, which we all know it's not, you know, the consumers led to believe that I don't have to worry because it's been certified. And we know that that, that paper means nothing on, on occasion. There's so a, the same way down east, yeah. you know, if you're going to buy a car, you better get it checked out by your own mechanic. It's not a whole lot different here. Well, I got the feeling when I was down there, they're more self-sufficient, more self-reliant than up here. You know, we were living well, in Well, you're right. Here, here, people think that because there's this legislation, because there is this, you know, these, these people yeah. out there looking out for your well-being, that you don't have to worry. But... But, hey, if you don't even look for that sign that you're buying from a yeah, dealer, yeah. well, then you're going to get into trouble. And there are, there's, there are cases before in the courts now where people that have signed illegal safety certificates no way. Have, been, have been charged with manslaughter, are, are looking at jail time. These are serious things. Right. You're absolutely right. But, but th- that does nothing for the guy that owned the car. No. It doesn't get it fixed. Well, if it gets that serious, he's no longer around. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. It's Terry O'Keefe from OMVIC, uh, the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council. You nailed it. Yes. You started out as a used car dealer's act back in 1974. <laughs> I know about that stuff because my dad was on that board. Well, you're so old there guy. You go. I, I, got, I got my ticket for, for safeties in 72. Really? Yeah. I got a ticket a few weeks ago. I got something different. <laughs> All right. This is the end. I want to thank Jeff Coy from Land Insurance for yep. joining us. And, Alan, and if you got some you. time this afternoon, run down to the auction. And we should say something that Nathan did a fantastic job. It was his first time because Dave's Corner Garage is an extremely hard show to do for all the action that's going on around here. Nice job, <laughs> Nate. All righty. So keep the shiny side up. Keep the greasy side down. And we'll see you next week right here. Oh, we don't. We'll, we'll listen to you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs> This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.